In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. At first glance, today's Gospel reading from Luke may feel a little bit like staring at those IKEA instruction booklets. Seems like St. Luke just kind of tosses out a bunch of random parts of the Gospel of Jesus' teaching and throws them into Luke 14 and says, Good luck! But here's the parts, anyway. Jesus heals a man on the Sabbath. Jesus tells a parable about a wedding feast. Jesus teaches the host of the dinner party. And all who hear, that includes us too, that humility, not exaltation, is the way of the Messiah and his followers too. Maybe we wonder a little bit, how do these pieces all fit together? What goes where? Remember the setting though. This is a good place to start and get our heads around this collection of happenings and events in Luke 14. It happens on the Sabbath day. There's a meal, and so there's table fellowship going on with Jesus and those around him. There's the host. He's the ruler of the Pharisees. And they're watching Jesus very carefully, of course. Now, the fact that Jesus accepted this invitation in the first place tells us something rather important about God. That he is impartial. So is Jesus, his his son. You see, Jesus eats with sinners and tax collectors and the Pharisees who are, in many ways, the enemy throughout the story. It's really the entire story of redemption here, isn't it? Jesus comes to a world that is entirely opposed to him. He comes to seek and to save the lost, even his enemies. So Luke joins this reading like a bit of a master craftsman. He sees all these, what we see as seemingly unrelated events, and he puts them together. Jesus healing and the parable and the table etiquette of kingdom in the kingdom of God, he dovetails them all into one finished piece. And really everything hinges on verse 11 in those words of Jesus, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. This is the key to the whole chapter, really to the whole of Luke's gospel. And if you draw it out a little bit further, it's also the key to Jesus' life and his death and resurrection. In Jesus, we who exalt ourselves will be humbled, so that by his humiliation on the cross, we will be exalted. This is the theme that is constant for Jesus throughout the Gospels, this theme of humility. He was born of a humble virgin in a manger, a feeding stall, in kind of a backwards town of Bethlehem. Mary sings in the Magnificat that in Jesus, God has brought down the mighty from their thrones and has exalted those of humble estate. When Simeon holds baby Jesus in the temple, 40 days after his birth, he declares this child is appointed for the falling and the rising of many in Israel. So Jesus says... Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Jesus' words are, at the same time, both a stinging, crushing word of law, and yet there is also then that follow-up, a comforting word of restoring gospel to that man who was healed at the beginning of the reading, and to us. Jesus' words bring good news. Jesus humbled himself on the Sabbath day, to heal this man. 
And like that man, we too were lost and sick, poor and ashamed and dead. And Jesus rescues us, heals, feeds, enlivens us, raises us up, justifies us, forgives us. To the Pharisees, on the other hand, of course, Jesus' words are nothing but straight-up 200-proof law. His words condemn them, for they have and are always concerned with exalting themselves, always concerned with keeping their own self-made Sabbath laws. They had 613 of them, other kinds of things, 32 kinds of things you could do or not do on the Sabbath day to try to keep that third commandment. They're always looking out for their social and their spiritual standing before God, of course, but also before their fellow man always trying to self-justify. And it's easy to look at the gospel reading like this or any where the Pharisees come into play and point the fingers at them. But the truth is, there's a little Pharisee in each of us as well. You see, our sinful flesh is always looking for the place of honor, always thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought to be, always looking at our stuff and our status and our own spirituality as a measure of some kind of confidence before God. Always looking the opposite, really, of humility, isn't it? That's what it is. And if we're honest, too, before others, we look this way as well. But this, again, is the opposite of humility. This is pride. Scripture calls this idolatry, too. It's no wonder the Pharisees were so upset with Jesus. Jesus' words were the exact opposite of everything the Pharisees thought was important and essential in life. These words completely dethroned and toppled all of their false idols. And they do the same for us too. As Jesus declares, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. You see, in Jesus, we who exalt ourselves, who pride in ourselves, we are humbled by his word of law. That's what it comes to do. But then his word of gospel comes so that by his humiliation on the cross, we are exalted and raised up. He sends his law to humble us, his gospel to exalt us and lift us up. And remember that in both cases, he's doing the doing. He's doing the work. He's doing the humbling. He's also doing the exalting. Jesus saves us, you see, not by our keeping of the law, but by his perfect keeping of the law in our place, in our stead. It's not by our social, or even our political, or economic, or any other kind of status that we could think of, but by that name and identity that is given to you in holy baptism. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. It is not by our exaltation, or even by our humility, that we are saved. But by Jesus' humility on the cross, being humbled to the point of death, and by his exaltation in the resurrection, and his ascension, and his rule and reign, and his bringing you along with him. You see, in the kingdom of God, Jesus is crucified, and the weak are strong. The sick are healed. The poor and lame and beggars are invited to the wedding feast. Humble, we who are humbled are exalted. 
That's why Jesus healed the man on the Sabbath day, sort of as a live in-person object lesson for the Pharisees and the disciples. Not because that man really had kept the Sabbath laws perfectly, but simply because he was sick and in need of healing and in need of the great physician. That's why Jesus tells these parables about the wedding banquet and table etiquette at the kingdom of God, not to give us, you know, good table etiquette for our family parties, though perhaps there's some wisdom there, but ultimately, primarily to teach us that the kingdom of God is found in Jesus crucified and risen for you. That's why he tells the host at the Sabbath day dinner to invite the poor and the sick and the lame and the blind because they cannot be repaying. You see, on the one hand, this is Jesus' teaching to show this is what our life is like in Him. That we ask for nothing of ourselves, that we simply acknowledge before God that we are, as we did earlier, poor, miserable sinners and deserve nothing but His punishment. That we are all beggars, or as Hebrews instructs us, therefore also we let brotherly love continue to be hospitable to others, to remember the prisoner, the sick, the widowed, the suffering, the least and last and lonely ones. For God in Christ has found and rescued and redeemed and healed and saved you. So in part it's a picture of our life in Jesus, but there's a deeper meaning here in Jesus' words. For these words are about Jesus himself. He who took the lowest seat of all on the cross and in the grave for you. He who throws a feast of forgiveness in his body and blood here every Sunday, knowing full well that we cannot repay him. Jesus, who was in the form of God and did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, Paul writes, but he'd emptied himself and and took on the form of a servant, being born in likeness of human men, being found in human form and humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. It's really St. Paul's way of saying what Jesus says today in Luke 14, that everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. This also gives us a little picture of what happens here every Sunday, too. We enter the doors and come in the back of the church as poor, miserable sinners. We confess our thoughts, words, and deeds that we are sinful and unclean by nature. And Christ says to each and every one of you today, Friend, come up higher. Come up to a better seat. You have a table and a place reserved for you at my table. And I will feed you with my body and blood. And I will exalt you in my humble death and resurrection. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.